Hey everyone, welcome to If You've Come This Far. I'm Sean. Uh, this is a show where my friend Chris and I have authentic conversations with interesting people. Uh, and really, we just kind of reach out to these folks and say, hey, we think it'd be fun to have a conversation. And and today's conversation, actually, I think they reached out to us. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Why did they say, oh, let's go hang out with those guys? You know why. Uh, uh, but, but Nico Login is our guest. And uh, Chris, what, it, what was our conversation with Nico about? Well, I mean, I, I was I was not joking. You, you know why, because Nico, albeit in a slightly different way, is still pulling in the same direction as we are in the men right. is in terms of helping men and uh, to live fuller lives. Yeah. Um, but Nico... Um, Man, uh, he is a different breed. He yeah. is, uh, if I were, if I had to choose one word, one adjective, I would say hardcore, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's he's very intense. Uh, Nico is a French Canadian, left Canada. He's currently, we talked to him when he was in Austin, Texas. He's sort of driving around and exploring the U.S. with his girlfriend in an RV. Uh, as he put it, sort of, I think, following the energy um, and, and looking for the next place where they might plant their roots. But, um, you know, we talked to, uh, you know, he he's written a book, first of all. The yep. book is called Purpose, How Following yep. Your Personal Legend is the Answer to Your Midlife Crisis. And it occurred to me after the fact, like, midlife crisis, Nico's not even old enough to be having a midlife crisis. Because how what, 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 do we just... Nico's he's in his what? early 40s. Early 40s. So, yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. Um, but he thinks a lot about this stuff. Yes. Uh, he is a martial artist. He practices Muay Thai. And, uh, um, but, you know, we talked about uh, he, he spent a two and a half year stretch of his life living in a cabin up on a hill in, in remote Canada, really trying to rediscover who he was. Um, he thinks a lot about and, and sort of writes a lot about spirituality and, and mm-hmm. his mission, I think, is and his purpose maybe is coaching young men yeah. on how to be good and 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 then great men. Um, you know, he talks about father figures. Um uh it's funny at one point, I don't know if you remember this, he he's he he can and he's the, he, I've heard him confess this before. He's like, I've done a lot of stuff I'm not proud of. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh and 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 he's doing his work to 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 get through that. And, um, you know, and he talks about how you can't do that alone, but, um, really, you know, an interesting guy, I would say the big takeaway for me, Sean, um, is this conversation with Nico was a really good reminder to me about like, if you're really living curiously, then that kind of requires us to consider the possibility that everyone in life may have something to teach us. Yeah. Because I, I was skeptical. I'm like, wow, we're not going to see eye to eye on many things with Nico. And we talked about some of the things, and you brought up several things where you're like, I don't see it that way. Yeah. Um, and he expressed appreciation for our that that sort of curiosity um, and willingness to to consider the other side. Yeah, so he I, did. Which I mean, he's very. I think he's very um, passionate about his his positions and perspectives on things, but always. I mean. He was always open during the conversation, which I think made it even more, more interesting for us. And it just, yeah. and actually just, I mean, when you look at him, he's a bad, he's a badass, but just, I would meet a wonderful guy. Really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, he, he, uh, and, and maybe that's part of uh, what, what can be off-putting to, to people is his uh, obsessiveness. Like he is, uh, and, and so you could, you could say obsessiveness or you could say passion. Like he's yeah. really passionate about this. He he's he sort of left a, a sort of more of a money making career behind to to pursue this this purpose, if you will. So, um, yeah, it's it, uh, uh, it was a great conversation, and yeah. you know, it's like none of our calls um, leave the listener with answers necessarily, right? <laughs> you know, more often more questions than answers, but um, but really made me think a lot, and I really enjoyed my time with him, our time with him. Same here. Yeah, here's Nico. But Nico, you are you are. I have, I have no idea where you are. Um, you got to fill us in here. Give us a little bit of the backstory. Where are you in the world right now, and 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 what are you up to? Right now, I'm in Austin, Texas. I'm um, I'm a Canadian that left Canada about four months ago. Um, my girlfriend and I don't like the politics in Canada. Don't like where that where it's going. So we decided about a year and a half ago that we were leaving and it took me about 
altogether, it took me about two and a half years to make it happen. But uh, we've been on the road. I'm in an RV right now. I turned the second bedroom into an, into an office <clears throat> and I have different colors of, um, of background. Like I have two on right now. You can only see one, but I have a yellow one. I have a black one. I just put the black one on today for some reason, but yeah, I also have a green one, but yeah. And are you in Austin for a long time? Or are you bouncing around and checking out different parts of the country and the world? We, we did Pennsylvania. We did New York state, Pennsylvania, Richmond. Uh, we did Virginia. I have my mentors in Virginia is in Richmond. So we spent about a month there. We did West Virginia, Arkansas, we did uh, Austin, sorry, we did Louisiana, then we did, oh, Tennessee, I forgot, we did Tennessee, oh, yeah. Arkansas, I love Tennessee, we, we stayed in Tennessee for about a month. I do too. And Arkansas, a little rock was terrible, did not like it there at all. Um, sorry for the people if you have listeners yeah. out there. <laughs> All right. thanks, thanks a lot, Nico. We did, we did have listeners. We're there. big in Little Rock too, Nico. Yeah. The, yeah. the thing we didn't like about you know the the, the reason my girlfriend and I on this trip is that we are looking for a next place to stay. Uh-huh. We and we're really going. I'm a big fan of energy. I believe that I, I can feel. I, I go with my my feelings a lot when it comes to where I want to be, and that's one of the things I didn't like about Arkansas. I was dark. Like I, I didn't like the energy that Little Rock was providing. It didn't align with me, so we didn't stay long. But we stay wherever we feel like staying. Yeah. So Austin, we were supposed to stay here two weeks. We've been here for shit two months, I think. Mm. Austin's crazy. It, I mean, it's it's a huge. It's that, that town has exploded, um, yeah. and it's it's a good food town, a good music town. Um, so I don't I don't blame you for sticking around there for a while. Um, but it's time to leave, though. Okay. We're leaving next, it's we're leaving on the 18th. So next Saturday we're going to uh we're gonna go to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm. Okay. But it, it it's our time has come. Like for the past two weeks, I've been tired of being here. Got it. Got it. Well, um, yeah, and I know that our paths crossed because you do men's work. You're you're you're, yep. you're a coach. And so um I'm I'm interested in that in general, and of course also how you're doing that as you're sort of living this nomadic life a little bit. Um yeah, so can you tell us about what's going on like with your coaching right now? So us, love- actually give us the basics in general for the listener. Well, it, it has evolved. Let let me tell you this. Like I started coaching because before we left for like four and a half months ago, I, I stayed when COVID happened in Canada, we had a lot of restrictions, a lot of lockdowns. So all my gyms were all where I taught martial art was closed. My gym where I work out was closed and I got rid of my place. And I did a lot of face-to-face, like I was a sales engineer by trade. So I did customer meetings upon customer meetings day in, day out. And when they moved everything to, when they moved everything to Zoom and team, me- and team meetings, I got rid of my place in the city and I bought, I had an investment house that I bought a few years back. That's exactly what you imagine a Canadian that would live in. It's like a log house at the top of a mountain there. And <laughs> exactly the, 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 what you imagine that we do, that's what I did. And I stayed there for two and a half years. For the first one and a half years, I was living there alone. And my girlfriend joined me the last year or so. But yeah, when I was down there, I just realized that I've acquired a lot of skills over the past 12 years as a sales engineer, and I'm a big fanatic of psychology. So I do, I don't, I just didn't do sales. I was always applying new techniques. Like I'm a big fan of NLP. I'm a big fan of, I don't know if you've heard of a book called Just Listen. I have not. No. If so, it was. I can't remember the name of the guy on top of my head right now, but he is a psychologist and he specializes in training FBI negotiators, so hostage negotiators. Oh, right. He he trains them on how to create rapport, and for probably a year, I took. Oh. If you saw my copy of the book, I probably have like thirty sticky notes coming out of it, and I would take for at least a year, for sure, probably more than that, but I would have specific things that I would work on. So I would move, I would add some things as a reminder, and I would move it to 15 minutes prior to every meeting so that I could work on creating rapport, creating rapport, creating mm-hmm. rapport. And when I went, in, when we were in lockdown, I said, I sat down and I'm like, okay, I can't control what's going on right now, but what's in my control? 
And I started looking at all my skills that I've had. I started looking at all the knowledge that I've acquired because I read 30, 40 books a year, sometimes more. So I started figuring out that a podcast would be a good idea. It aligns with my skills of being in front of a camera. I ran meetings for 12 years. So uh-huh. to me to speak in public is a joke. And it's something I really like. Like I really, really love doing it. And the coaching came from there. I just, I started thinking, I'm like, okay, a podcast is a great avenue for me to share ideas and meet cool people. Cause people I've had the chance to speak to worldwide known people with absolutely no viewership, no audience, just because I'm so used to, being rejected like in sales we lived in 10 percent 90 percent of our of our offers 90 percent of the work we did was rejected so i'm not uh-huh. scared to being told no so i just started mm-hmm. sending emails upon emails texts social media i would hit everybody and i just discovered that there's a need for young men especially young men that grew up without a father i didn't have a father figure uh growing up so i figured i could do i could build a program around helping men that lack a masculine masculine not a masculine energy but a masculine figure like a mentor or somebody that that could show them the ropes if you will and we do that in martial arts like through years of training and years of coaching i do i i i coach so many guys and it's not just on martial arts it's a lot of those guys would come are younger and they would come up to me, hey, bro, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And you start to realize that we, I've, I've lived a pretty interesting life, if I can put it that way. I've always done what I felt like doing when I felt like doing it, no matter if I was scared of it or not. And yeah, I just figured out that coaching was a good idea, but it's hard to reach those people. This is what I found out because I've coached a lot of people over the last year and a half or so. And I would say that 100% of them, I shouldn't have been coaching because they weren't ready to take it from where they are right now to where they they should go. Because they're, this is going to sound extremely cocky what I'm going to say, but I'm not, I'm not normal when it comes to my work ethics, when it comes to the way I think, when it comes to the way I, I, I go about everything in my life. I don't, it's hard for me to align with clients that have the same dedication to what they want to accomplish and that being because i know what my purpose is i know what what i'm doing right now is what i'm supposed to be doing there's no doubt in my mind that i was put on this earth to help people and the way i'm doing it right now is the way i should be doing it but teaching that to somebody it's like me telling you right now saying what's your purpose like could you tell me what in life right now what were you put on this earth for um, I could probably do a pretty good job of that because uh, I've been thinking about vocation for the last 35 years of my life. But but I'm, I'm curious about, it sounds like you're not having trouble attracting guys. Like guys are finding you and they're, and they're acknowledging that they need help, right? Yep. But is it, that they, is it that they don't know what they're signing up for? It's a bit of everything because let me break it down to you so the way i see men in general there's three different crises that a man or there's three different there's three main stages in a man's life that are extremely important and overlooked today like we completely forgot about them yet it's been true for thousands of years so you have your boy to men so how does the boy become a man because to me the teenager phase is bullshit that shouldn't even exist giving time for a man to become a useless part of society and encouraging that to me makes zero sense so we through rites of passages we used to show men like boys would have a purpose they would know that they're as a boy they need to bring they they need to learn what it takes to become a man this is the first step i'm not there yet those i'm not helping people on that part yet but it is my next book that's going to come out is going to be on rite of passages then you have the second stage when a man became when a man is a man but he wants to figure out what a good man is because being a man is easy, but being a good man takes dedication and it takes awareness on a daily basis to know that I am trying to become better. Those are the men that are hard to reach because most of those guys are social media addicts. So you need to craft a message on how to reach those men. And this is what I've been spending a lot of my time, mm-hmm. money, marketing team, because I have a full editing team that's dedicated to me that I've built over the past few months. I have a marketing team that helps me craft a message. And 
all I'm doing right now is creating a bunch of different content to see the reaction that I'm getting. Am I getting to the audience that I'm trying to reach? And then you have the men that are more my age, like around 40, that are 35 to 45 years of age, which my book is exactly for them. Those to me are easier to reach because they're more self-aware. They've been doing the work for a long time. And as much as we make fun of the midlife crisis, it is something that is real. It is something that a man goes through. And it to me, it's such a beautiful stage of life because it uh, allows for introspection. It allows to hit a uh, spirituality rock bottom. And we tend to shy away from this today as in it's not normal to hurt. Yet to me, think about it. What, have you ever really learned something from being happy? Or did you learn something from hitting rock bottom to understanding that, oh shit, there's something that I need to do something about this. I either let this define me in the negative way or I let this be a turning point and say, okay, what can I do from the feeling that I have right now? And we tend to shy away from accepting that hurt. It's good to be hurting. It's good to feel like shit because those are when you look at your life and say, okay, what's going on? What's wrong in my life? What can I do? Because it's on you. A feeling of happiness. You get people that have absolutely zero in their life and they're fucking happy as hell. But you have people with everything that they could ever, that you could ever wish for that are unhappy because it's a state of mind. And fortunately or unfortunately, it's not a constant. If you look at the Buddhist way, they call it the middle way. You try to live a life in the middle where you understand that there's highs, you understand that there's lows, you learn from the lows in order to appreciate the highs. So those are, to me, are easier to teach because they're my age. They're, I've been through this and now I'm living the life that I dreamt of. What I'm doing right now is something I've been wanting to do for 10 years. I just did not know how to put it into a way where it makes sense because I needed to create that freedom first. You can't just quit your nine to five with no backup plan. Sorry, backup plan is not a good word. You can't leave your nine to five without having cash in the bank, without having something mm -hmm. that will sustain you for X number of time that you believe that you need in order to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. So to go back to your question is, I help men in that age, and those are the type of men that I've been helping in the past, but I did not define it properly in a way where they needed to be re ready to risk it all. And uh -huh. this is the hardest part that I find, is that people don't have the balls to go after what they want, while keeping in mind that there's a principle. I don't know if you've read um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Yeah. No, but I'm writing these down. So oh, you should, because this is a book that will change your view. It's the first, it's the first self-help book that was so Carl Carnegie was one of the richest men in the United States. He dared Napoleon Hill to write to interview like a hundred. I can't remember what the exact number, but it's an amount of uh, a very vast amount of millionaires. And he asked them. What do they all have in common? So he wrote a book about what it takes to become rich. But he touches a lot on spirituality. He touches a lot on principles that are not taught anymore. And one of those principles is burning bridges. That means that when you're, you believe in something so much, don't give yourself a path to go back. Don't give you an alternate path. Put yourself in a situation where you need to burn your, your life in a way that success is the only way through. You cannot go back to what you were doing before because you'll always have an excuse for failing. Really create an environment, and that's very mental to tell yourself that from this day on, I will never go back to what I was doing. So create an atmosphere where uh, success is the only way out. There's no way for you to fail. And by failing, I don't mean that you're going to get kicked in the teeth and hit the knee and end up on your knees quite a few times in your life. This, those are learning lessons that you need to go through, but staying down on your knees and giving up and getting back up is a choice. You decide to get back up. So yeah, you should read that book. That book is, I can never do it justice by referring to it. I, I have a very big part of my book. That's actually, that comes from this because it's such a powerful book, but Definitely something that you should read. If you haven't read it, that book will blow your mind.
So, uh, so a couple things. The the you know the comment about um, you know having shitty situations or having bad things is is yep. good compared to being happy. I personally, I think, and I think this resonates with your with your book and your philosophy. I just think good and bad, happy and sad, or happy and angry, it just it, it just is. I mean, shit just happens. And so, if we're aware of the fact that we're going to get good and we're going to get bad then then we can work through it and be with it the the part of your philosophy is working with men to become good men and in your book you said becoming a good man is all about self-control and gaining power over your mind um you want to talk a little bit about why that why that's part of the definition of a good man and how you can do that and this real is quick, can we of, can we promote the book real quick and and tell the listener what the, what the book is is called? Yeah, go ahead. It's it's not out yet though, right? I gotta uh, I gotta you're advance. The, you're the first one I copy. sent it to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now it's with the distributors, and we're kind yeah. of finalizing. They 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 want the book to be a specific way in order to print it. So I'm just in all that phase. The it's on it's on uh, Amazon. Like you can find it as an ebook on mm-hmm. Amazon, yeah. but the actual um, soft copies being, I should be able to send all the cover stuff today. So hopefully in the next couple of days, it will be available for distribution. And the narration should be done at the end of this week too. The guy that's doing the narration is great. I cannot wait. Wait, you're not doing your own narration. Come, Come on. on. You got that great I, accent. <laughs> absolutely. You know, the one thing that I found is that, um, I have pronunciation. There's certain words that I pronounce in a French way. I will do the narration in French. I will do the narration. Okay. But the the English one, people are very yeah. finicky on what they want to hear. And, yeah. and it was hard because I spoke to about 10 to 20, eh, probably 20 narrators before I found the one that I have now. It's mm-hmm. That shit's important too, because I've been listening to books in my car. And my daughter will be like, I could never listen to that dude yeah. talk for four yeah. hours. Um, so, but it's not too early to promote the book. So Nico, what's no, the no, book no, not called? At all. What's the book called? So, so the book is called Purpose. How following the path of your personal legend is the answer to your midlife crisis. So I really speak about a lot of the two and a half years. Like I, I, I'm someone that's very personal in my book. Like I swear, I, I write the way I talk. So there, there's (laughs) a lot of swearing. I can vouch vouch for that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, if my girlfriend read the book and she's like, she can't, all I can hear is all she said that all she could hear is my voice. Because uh-huh. it's really, it's not even her voice in her head. It's really mine. So the, the book is all about, there's five steps to me that I went through in order to be to the point that I'm, in, that I'm at today. Is really, you know, when you've been grinding your whole life, let's say you have a family, you're, you're a good provider, you've taken care of what you needed to do. And you're kind of self, you're kind of selfless in that way. You forget who you become. A lot of us look at ourselves in the mirror and we're like, wow, I don't feel the same on the inside as the reflection that I'm seeing in the mirror. I'm a lot older physically than I am how I feel inside my body. And this is normally because we have forgotten who we are. We get so, we get so focused on accomplishing our goals that are more temporary, like getting, making more money, taking care of our um, of ourselves, being a provider that we forget who we are during that period of time. And it's okay. That, that's a good thing in my, in my opinion, because a good man is selfless. He will think about others before he thinks about himself. But the midlife crisis is all about this is figuring out that you're on the back nine. Like I'm a big fan of golf. So when you're coming back to the, you're, you're on the 10th hole and you're like, Oh shit, there's, a, there's probably less, to my life than what I've spent right now. So I'm at least on the back nine. I'm going back to the, to the country club. So what am I supposed to do here? And it's a very hard realization for people to understand that yes, they're a component of mortality, but I don't think that's the issue with the midlife crisis. I think the midlife crisis is simply to say, I've been self selfless for so long. I owe it to myself to rediscover who I am. Because it's easy to forget yourself. Work hard for 10 years. I guarantee you, you'll forget who you are. In your head, you might still think that you're 28 years old, but yet you're almost 40. And this is what hits hard to people is that day they realize, holy shit, I'm not the same guy I used to be. And what the fuck happened to the past 10 years of my life or the past 15 years? So 
when I spent the, the reason I went and I spent two and a half years in the woods is I wanted to rediscover who I was. And I, you can see that in Christianity. You can see that in Buddhism. You can see that in most Hinduism is the same thing, but a lot of world's religion, have always a component of spending time alone to face yourself, face your demon, make peace with who you've become basically. So this is the first step. It's really to rediscover who you are. And the second chapter helps learn like spending time alone, starting to listen to that inner voice that's always been there. So we need to take better care of who we are physically so that mentally our brain can operate at at, at the best level that it can. And we need to reattach spirituality into the connection between our body and our mind. So the first chapter and second chapter talks about that a lot. The third chapter is all about making a plan. Although I don't forget in the, I don't believe in the how I will tell that right now. I'm not somebody that has a massive list of everything you need to do. I believe in self-hypnosis. I believe in self-suggestion. I believe that if you train your subconscious mind, if you tell your subconscious mind what you want, it will find ways for you to go get it. I don't need to be reminded on a daily basis what my goals are because it's, I've trained it. I've repeated to myself two, three times, four times a day for the past for years now that I know my, my brain and my subconscious mind have a channel between the two where my brain is always putting stuff in my subconscious mind so that things tend to happen. It looks like things just fall into place because I am putting it out there. I am asking whatever the power is out there to do what they can to help me out. Hey, thanks for listening to If You've Come This Far. This episode is brought to you by Judson and Moore, distillers of American whiskey right here in Chicago. You can stop by their tasting room uh, located in their distillery uh, just on the west side of the Chicago River and just south of Belmont. And uh, you can grab a delicious cocktail, a bottle of single malts or bourbon or rye. And uh, on many nights, you can enjoy some fantastic music. They attract some great acts. Now back to the episode. Nico, can I, can, can I go back one quick second? Absol- I, absolutely. I got I to gotta know, you talk about two and a half years. How isolated were you when you were in that period of, of sort of in the cabin up on the hill? 25 minutes away from the closest grocery store. I could walk, to give you an example, I had two German shepherds. I could walk my dog for an hour on the main street and not see anybody. And did you, did you ever have phone service, <laughs> inter- internet, any, any, uh, did you have any? Of that? Yeah. I have to have internet. So I, I had like back there, the cell phone doesn't really work. The cell phone yeah. services are, are terrible. And uh, I had, I was one of the first to test the, um, uh, shit, how do you call it? Um, Skylink. Uh, Starling? Yeah. Uh-huh. Starling, sorry. Yeah. Starling. Yep. So I was one I was one of the better testers in Canada. Like I've worked in telecommunications for 12 yeah. years. Well, absolutely more like 20, but I had that because I didn't have a choice. I was still working. Yeah. Like I still was doing four or okay. five customer meetings every day. So I didn't have a choice. But it's easy to pull the plug, though. It's easy to take a choice yeah. where I had set up a part in my in my in my house that was an office, and this is where my laptop stayed. Mm-hmm. Like I I I like I'll give you an example. I two days ago I woke up. I'm somebody that wakes up at like three o'clock in the morning, and I was a I was just writing, and I didn't feel well, so I booked an Airbnb on that morning. We were there at eleven o'clock in the morning, and I shut off my phone for the past two days. Mm-hmm. Like I, I shut off everything, and I just I'm starting to realize that I need this in my life. I spent so much time in mm-hmm. the wilderness that just be hearing trucks sirens noise airplanes is really affecting me now like over the past four months i'm really starting to see how it's fucking with my mood basically it's Mm. really affecting how i feel Uh so it it's the it's the capacity to be able to separate yourself from distractions so when i did move back to I moved to the to the cabin. I within a few, I would say within eight months, I started feeling I felt like shit for the first six to eight months, uh, without lying to you. Like there's days that I felt like doing the fetus position, staying under my mm. blanket and crying all day because it is it is hard to face who you've become. And 
I've done a lot of shitty things when I was younger. Like I, I, I was not a good, a, a good kid. I was not a good person when I grew up. I grew up without the father figure. So I did a lot of drugs. I was an addict. I stole. I've done a lot of stuff that I'm not proud of. And you have to be able to get over this. And you can't go over this without facing it. Mm-hmm. And doing it alone. It, you know, um, an example I use all the time is 40 days and 40 nights that Jesus would have would have spent in the wilderness. And he 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 was faced with. The, uh, with uh, satan he was faced with the devil i believe the bible is a psychological tale i don't the fact that jesus christ existed or not is irrelevant to me because the story the lessons that you can learn from that story is the same but i don't believe that the devil is a little red guy with horns <laughs> i believe that the devil is the monster that we all have inside of us mm-hmm. that we need to confront that we need to control that we need to learn how to live with it and leash it like i call mine the monster and it's a big massive dog that's always leashed to the side of my house this Uh is what my monster is i control my monster but you have to face it and this is what spending time alone does to you is allowing yourself to hear that voice that negative voice sometimes that tells you that you're full of shit yeah yeah um i that makes a ton of sense to me. Again, I've never done like a silent retreat. I feel like maybe you have, Sean. I know some I of have. our men have, um, and that's sort of a, a concentrated approach to what I think you described yep. up on the hill. Yep. But, but my other follow-up question to that, Nico, is um, d- have, did you seek help from other people along the way, whether it's therapist, whether it's peer support, whether it's you, some of your Muay Thai um, uh, coaches and partners and students like did you do it all on your own or did you also have sort of a support structure i i i tried to speak to psychologists in the past but i don't like most i'm a union i don't know you know call Jung. yes yep. yeah i'm a to me call Jung is the way a psychologist should be he understands the subconscious mind and connects the subconscious mind to the conscious mind which I've met with a few psychologists and they literally made fun of union theories and concepts. I can't, I cannot, I'm not capable of listening to somebody that is so close-minded that believe because psychology today is almost a dogma. So I, I find it hilarious when I have psychologists speak around, uh, speak against religion and the, 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 the bad side effects of religion because of the dogma. And I agree that there's a problem with dogma and religion, but there's a massive problem in dogma and psychology too. So this is what I found. So I ended up doing it all by myself. I do have a friend that's a very close, like he, he knows everything that goes on in my mind. He's always been there for me. He's a very stoic mind. Like he's a very, um, he's a very logical person, but I don't, I did not have a, spiritual guide if you will because we're, we're so used to seeing our life in silos right we see our body as one and i've i've treated my body so well all my life like i i've always been in shape i've always eat well i always train five to six times a week up to 10 times a week i understand how the value of having a great body because my mind needs the best machine it can have in order to operate but i also discovered over the past three, four years that there is a spirituality aspect that needs to be reintegrated in our life to connect the mind to the body and ourselves to the universe, to the world. Because in my opinion, we are simply a reflection of the world. If you understand yourself, you will understand the world because you are made from that world. You came from that world. And if if we if we agree that the big bang was the first thing that ever that created life that means that you and i are made are made from the exact same from the exact same component whatever that is you and i are the same matter everything around us in the same matter so we we need to re this is what it allowed me to figure out spending mm-hmm. time alone and i did not want to do it in a way where people will tell me you need to do it this way I surrounded myself, if you saw the amount of books that I've acquired over the past two and a half years, anything that I felt that could teach me something, I bought it and I read it. Right. There's some books that I took two pages out and I learned from those. There's books that the full book was a mind-blowing experience. But 
I believe that the knowledge is already all there. Yeah. Whatever I'm talking about right now doesn't belong to me. We knew this 2000 no. years ago. We just need to reintegrate it. All I want is to reintegrate it in a way where it makes sense to the people of today because the principles have not changed for thousands I, and thousands I, of years. I'm just thinking, um, wouldn't it have been amazing if if someone like you had had been available to you yeah, when oh, you absolutely. needed this, right? Well, but you do, but, he, but in the book you do, I, Chris talks about a support system. You do talk about, uh, the coaches coaches and i'm yeah. going to i'm going to say that's a support system that you have worked with mm-hmm. over the years um yeah. and and so you know going alone is difficult right i mean we need relationships and other people around us to help us correct yes uh the coaches that i speak about in the book though are not spiritual coaches they're more uh, yeah. business coaches they okay. help me with the business aspect of coaching others the but you would still advocate for for identifying Oh yeah. Coaches in whatever niche we say, Hey, I think I need a spiritual coach. Find one. I need a business coach. Find one. I need to get in shape. Find one. Uh, Right. A hundred thousand million percent. I could not. If you know that maybe my two and a half years would have taken me six months if I would have had somebody to guide me. Mm. And this is why I want to guide men. Yeah. There's nothing. the, the, The people that believe that, uh, the coaches that sell those theories that says that you need to have a coach, they're full of shit. You don't need to have a coach. I'm the proof that you don't need to have one. But should you have one? Yeah, you should. Because there's a lot of mistakes that I made along the, uh, along the way that I could have avoided them if somebody would have simply been there and tell me, have you thought about doing this instead of what you're doing? I'm not saying that's exactly yeah. what you should do, but did you ever consider doing this because this is what a mentor is a mentor it wants you to fail wants you to hurt wants you to experience what it is to succeed after failing for so long but should you end up in jail for doing something stupid no should you spend three years of your time when it's something you could have done in a year why would you right yeah so you you get somewhere you want to go this is because this is a bigger this is a bigger uh, a bigger issue question. So, okay. you know, your book is called Purpose, um, I, you know, and and I think you said at one point in our conversation here so far is that you know we were put on Earth with with a purpose and finding mm-hmm. that out. Yep, I, I tend to think that's you know I I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, just okay. your your fact about the the Big Bang and that. We all come from the same place. Um, You know, the stars crashed and all of a sudden I, you know, I emerged from that with some purpose. I'm not, I I think I'm just rocks and shit. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, I, I, I tend to think as I think about this whole purpose idea that, you know, we're animals and we have consciousness and our, you know, because we're conscious, we come up with this idea that we have purpose. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, I would say, hey, just be on earth and love everybody as much as you possibly can. And then, you know, you'll be good to go. But that both of you, both of you agree, disagree, nuance it. What do you, I mean, I'll let Nico go first. Because I think the idea of purpose actually puts a lot of pressure on people that, that, you know, they're, they're struggling to your point. This is what you talk about in the book of finding your purpose, your personal legend. Mm -hmm. Um, which may or may not exist. So I, what do you guys you know, think? There's three purpose in my, in my head, there's three purpose that a man will face. One, the purpose that he needs to become a man from, like I was saying earlier, from boy to man, that's the purpose of a boy is to become a man. The purpose of a man is to become a good man. And the purpose of a good man is to become a great man. But the great man does not need to happen. There's, there's, you know, one of the stoic principle is knowledge, is acquiring knowledge. Mm-hmm. This is one of the problems that I have with the stoic mind, although I really enjoy, I, I, I live my life by stoic principles. Mm-hmm. But I do not believe that in order to be a good man, you need to be knowledgeable. Because if you are selfless in what you do and you do good for others, your loved ones, your community, your family, you are a good man. You do, don't you th- need- do, you, do you think you need to be curious? To be a good man is that different than than knowledgeable sure the thing is is that i and i i i'm happy you asked that question because it is something that i've pondered quite a bit and i always come back to the same thing 
Should you be curious? Yes. But does curiosity prevent you from being a good man? No. Because how many guys do you know that? And this is why becoming knowing yourself is so important. I do not think like 99.9% of people. I do not live my life like the other people either. So I have expectations of me that are a lot higher than a lot of people. I do believe that there's a, we have a certain capacity to understand certain knowledge. Like one of my best friend always tells me that some knowledge should be secret because in order for the average mind to understand it, you would have to water it down to a point that it would lose all, it would lose all meaning because you need to have a certain knowledge in order to understand certain meanings of life. But mm. does that make you, does that prevent you from being a good man? No, because to me, a good man, if you're doing the work, you're, so, you're if you're a father, support your family. If you have a girlfriend, support your girlfriend. This protect her. Those will make you a good man. But I think that become to become a great man, and this is the difference. The, my book purpose is about becoming great, not about mm -hmm. becoming good. Mm -hmm. the, the book I'm writing right now is about becoming good. Mm -hmm. But there okay. is, but there's nothing stopping you from being a good man and staying there. There's mm -hmm. only a very small percentage of people that become great. Mm -hmm. And as you said, maybe that's your purpose in this life is very simple. It is simply to be yourself so that you can lead by example. Because people tend to forget that, you know, how many times have I heard that people say that I'm only one person, I can't change the world. Wrong, wrong. You can change the world because <laughs> it takes one person to affect 10 people. Then 10 people affect 100. Then 100, mm -hmm. it's 1,000. It's exponential. So mm -hmm. maybe that your purpose is not as, I don't want to say important, but it's not as big as other people's purpose i strongly believe that my purpose i was put on this earth to help a mass audience of men this is my purpose yeah. Yeah. but mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that that's not the purpose of 99.9 percent .9 of people right if if you're a good man and you raise your kids to be good people to me that could be your purpose and there's nothing wrong with that on the contrary mm -hmm. but this yeah. could be as simple as being your purpose yep I feel like a little bit what we're debating, and I probably come somewhere in between the two of you. Yep. But I guess like it, it depends on if you're thinking of purpose as being something that's predestined or something that you're that you're seeking. And I I, I believe we have a purpose. I call that vocation. Yep. Um, I don't know if it's predestined. I don't really care. But so my work in this life is to figure out what what I think that is, and 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 essentially to leave the place better than I found it. So mm -hmm. um, I'm probably the three of us probably represent a spectrum. Um, but I I love the I love the title of the book just because I think if even if you don't believe there's some predestined purpose for each yep. individual, the idea that you should be doing something with your life is is um, is beautiful. I think that the, the worst thing that somebody and especially men can have is a life without purpose, whatever that purpose is. It doesn't need mm -hmm. to be extraordinary. Your purpose could be as simple as to raise the best human beings as you can do. That could be your life. That could be your life's purpose. Who, who knows? Your kid might be the next leader of the free world. Mm -hmm. And your purpose is to educate that man into a good man. That could be your only purpose on life. And that's think, good. Yeah. Parenting is more yeah. than more than an honorable purpose for sure. Like, Fuck, of course it is. There's yeah. nothing, I, you know, there's nothing in my opinion, there, there's a guy I've met that's called Justin Garcia. That guy, I, I, he invited me to his house. We never met before. He was introduced to me by another guy and he's his life coach. So I showed up to his place in the middle of Pennsylvania. We did a big, a big detour just so I could record a podcast with him. And I show up there. He has four kids, three boys and a daughter. I've never seen kids raised that well, but they're out of the school system. He raises them. His wife and him raises them. They have, they, they teach them everything they need to know. They have tutors that does the rest. It's, it's beautiful. I have never seen kids so well raised. And you're talking to a guy that spent half, more than half of his life in dojos, mm -hmm. seeing how kids interact, how I, I've seen leaders of companies and I have one in mind that led one of the biggest companies of telecommunication in Canada, picking up after his kids. Cause his kids were little assholes. Like they would leave <laughs> their shit laying all over the place. And it's the guy that has thousands and thousands of people reporting to him. That's picking up their garbage because you've never fucking trained. You've never taught responsibilities to your kids. Right. You guys. So I, I I, I, I'm bummed that we only have like 10 minutes left because there's a lot more ground I want to cover. 
Um, but can I squeeze in one more question, Nico? Is that Bef before uh, before you do? If you guys are on a time restraint, that's fine. But I'm not. I can take more time if you want to. I'm just putting it out there. I probably have an extra. I could probably squeeze another five to seven and just tell the next call I'll be late. Yeah, yeah, that's fine by me. That's yeah. fine by me. <clears throat> okay. So are you asking? Are you I, I gotta I gotta go back to one more question about the cabin yeah. on the hill, right? Okay, yeah, like okay. <laughs> okay. But and, and it goes to childhood and and upbringing. And I know you had a tough upbringing, Nico. So um, when you're up there, you already talked about how you're trying to figure out what your purpose is. How much of that time was spent sort of looking forward, and and why are you here? And how much of that time was trying to uh, break down, establish uh, some understanding of, or look back on, on the shit that you'd been through, or maybe you'd already done that work. I don't know. Daily on the daily. I still do it today. It's something I do multiple times a day, even to this day. I, you know, it's, I started meditating was about 10 years ago and I didn't, I was trying to incorporate it every day. I was trying to make a practice out of it, but it's not until I spent a lot of time alone that it really became part of who I am. Like, it's not an option anymore. This is just how I connect with myself on a daily basis. And it's multiple times a day. And that introspection never stops. That's the thing. You cannot, yeah. I, it wasn't two and a half years of introspection. It's been introspection ever since. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 do you still grapple with, with, with sadness and hurt? Of course, absolutely. Yeah. Two days ago, I did. Yeah, I'm somebody that's normally very centered. I'm very aware of my my inner, the way I feel, like the way, am I aligned, if I can say that way? Yeah. And two days ago, it's been bothering me for the past two weeks. And two days ago, I just said, fuck it, I need time off. I just need to, to let it go. And I've been working so hard over the past four months that I kind of forgot myself into it. And I kind of forgot as much as I'm, I, I say that purpose is the ultimate goal. I kind of forgot mine for a few months because I was too mm -hmm. busy. It, it's such a vicious circle to be able to say, this is what my purpose is. And I will put all my energies into it, yeah. but you can never forget who you are within that purpose either. Because yeah. we all have a different flavor. You and I could have the exact same purpose, but we're going to do it a completely different way because sure. your natural skills are not the same as mine. We have completely different personalities, different ways of putting a message out there, but we can't forget what that is. And I noticed two days ago that I forgot. Like I, mm. I, I went to a way where I was trying to do a bit of what other people do instead of sitting back down and say, okay, why am I, what's making me special and what's my way of doing something instead of just doing it like everybody else does. In the, uh, in, in the book, um, and I think probably a core part of your, your coaching philosophy is the idea of still, I mean, just again, the cabin in the woods, stillness, meditation. I am also a huge advocate of that in, um, in living more clearly, more fully. I, the, the, the issue I want to go back to is we, we started this kind of talking about fear a little bit and, you know, the fear of stepping into a ring is one type of fear, right. And in, into, into a fight with another man, um, the fear that I think even pervades your, your, your book and the discussion of is the fear that we have as human beings that um, will fail. People won't acknowledge us uh, how, what other people they will acknowledge us, but it'll be in a bad way. So, so to find that path, to find that legend, to be abnormal fear, fear seems to be the biggest hurdle to, to doing that to me, you guys, how, do, how does that resonate with you guys? Very much, very much. Like, and it go, kind of goes to the love languages. Like people want to be seen, feel valued. And the, and the, the prospect of that might not happen. Uh, and if you went to your grave, having not been felt valued, um, that would be a sad life to me. Go ahead, Nico. The thing, everything has to do with fear. Absolutely everything. All the decisions that we've ever taken in our life are normally based in fear. And it's even if it's positive, you still yeah. took a, 
you know, when I decided a few months ago, I I decided to cash in all my investment. I cashed out all my equity in my house, put it in a put it in a bank account, and I said, you know what? Whatever happens to all that money, I will do a hundred percent. I'm ready to lose it all. I'm a hundred percent ready to lose. I put my six my six figure job. Uh, I quit it. And now I'm to a point with the message that I vehicle, I will never be able to work in that field again. I burned that mm-hmm. bridge because people in Canada don't agree with my message. So mm-hmm. I, re- and I did it. I did it out of instinct. I really said, this is what I'm going to do and whatever comes out of it. Fuck it. I'm just going hundred percent for it. Am I, am I worried sometimes? Yeah, sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. But the the more you do it, the less it takes an impact on you. Because I, I I wonder sometimes, is it, am I, I'm not, I never question my goal. The only thing I question is the avenue that I'm taking to reach that yeah. goal. Yeah. And when so, you push it, and when you push it in a way that is not maybe traditional or accepted yeah. and, and yeah. it works, then you're yeah. like, well, I'm pushing another boundary and I'm going to push another boundary. Yep. Um, and just for clarification, I want to make sure you left Canon on your own, right? You didn't get kicked out just for just for clarity. I'm just, just kidding. Oh, and, and my other question is, did you bring your golf clubs in the RV with you? You said you're a I, big golfer. So I, you know, I, I haven't been able to play golf in the middle of the woods there because there's not a lot of golf, golf yeah. courses there, but I, I do have my golf club, yeah. but it's not, again, it's not something I'm. I tend to, I, I do that a lot. I'm, I'm an obsessed person. I'm extremely, extremely tunnel vision when it comes to what I want. And I tend to put a lot of stuff to like on the back burner to a point where what happened two days ago happens. I, I forget. I work, I work, I work, I work, I work, I work, I work. And then I'm like, oh shit, hold on. You got to be careful here. You got to take time off now. You got to relax. You got, you got to do something. So. Yeah, I have my golf club, but I haven't used them yet. Is, your, hoping- Nico, is, your, is your girlfriend doing a better uh, or not doing better? That's, that suggests that she wasn't doing a good job before. But does she <laughs> does she sort of keep an eye on you and, and, and like nudge you when you're like, she's like, Nico, it's time to like, you know, slow down. Gotta look back. Whatever. Yeah. 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 But I don't listen to her. she that sounds like a great relationship that book you have with 30 stickers on it that just listen book maybe you should look at that a little closer the the difference between my girlfriend and i is that it has taken me 20 years to find a, a woman like her and she understands the way that i am she understands the way somewhat the way my brain works and she's realized that there's no point questioning that portion of me because I don't, I don't question the way I think I, I really don't. It's just, it's so natural to me that I embrace it because this is what I am. I, I've looked within and there's nothing else. This is what you see right now is who I am. There's no filters. There's no change. There's no, I'm not hiding anything. This is me. And I used to be ashamed of sharing the way I thought because people don't necessarily align to it, but she does to a point that it's unquestionable. Like she doesn't question it. It will. She try to remind me. Yes. And when I say, I don't listen, I'm kidding around. Like I, I do listen to her, I know. but I take everything. People tell me with a massive grain of salt, like a massive grain of salt. I will take people's opinion. I will reflect on it. And if it makes sense to me, I will listen, but I will normally head bunt. I will normally bun the head out of like that i i will question everything that people tell me and say you know what i think you're full of shit and then i'll sit down i'm like okay maybe i'm full of shit yeah you're 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 talking you're talking to a couple pretty skeptical not skeptical but um but we didn't we like to interrogate shit before we just take it for granted right you should yeah you you should i don't care who said who tells me something i will always question it i question what so fuck this is weird but i have through meditations there are people that talk to me they talk to me in my own voice but i know they're not me i don't know how else to explain it unless somebody meditates to this point that i've done you won't understand what i'm saying and it's going to sound fucking crazy but i those voices i never question whatever Mm -hmm. comes up to me when i'm in meditation mode and nothing else matters than that present moment i will never question 
but those are the only thing I don't question. I don't, my instincts are never questioned. They have always been right. The only time I was wrong is when I didn't listen. But everything else, every I, I will, external force, I question it. Internal sources never do. Yeah, I will say, I will say that you know you're questioning. You know, if you work with Nico, my guess is, and you're talking about fear, <laughs> Nico's going to question if you have the balls to to do anything. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it's fifty times in the book. He says, "Well, do you have the balls?" Yeah. So just FYI, that if you want some sense into Nico's coaching style, I think that's. <laughs> That's part of it. Is it not, Nico? A hundred percent, because this is the yeah. differentiator between somebody that does and somebody that doesn't. Right. Uh, you know, I'm with you, though. Uh, just to tie those two things together, it's like I, I super value my wife, who's my best friend, because she has a perspective that I lose sometimes. Like we all yeah. do, right? We're overcome by events. And so for me to to get that is, is really valuable. Do I listen to her um, or do I push back and question what she's telling me a lot? All the time. Um, but I do think well, you like, should. Yeah. Yeah. But also like, I also want to just listen again. That's the third time we've referenced that book, which yep. is, is probably my <laughs> next tattoo, right? It really is such a good, simple concept. Um, anyway, um, it's the hardest thing in communication is to listen. Right. Yeah. It, it's the hardest thing because if you notice, most people are thinking about their answers when you're talking, they're not right. talking, they're not listening to what you're saying. Right. Right. Um, Chris, all right. so go ahead. No, no, I was, I was no, no, you're going, questions. you're going to your questions. Yeah. Yeah. Nico, the, the, I'm going to apologize in advance. I don't know why I do, why I'm apologizing. Cause yeah, I still like, I don't this. either. Yeah. It's yeah. You can, stupid. you can have instead look down your trousers, look for your balls and just ask. <laughs> <your fucking> <laughs> <question>. <laughs> there, there you go. go. That's there it. You That's go. it. Don't yeah. apologize. And I, I just want to say, I apologize for no reason. I don't know. apologize. I, it's dude, fucking and I, it. No, it's, it's a, it's a fault. I, mine. I need to work on it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to say before Chris is because what we do, what Chris is going to do, he asks you three questions at the end, sure. just as a way of yep. closing out. We thought about doing this at the beginning, actually, just because of the kind of guy you are as yeah. a way to lead in. We didn't just because of the way we ended up opening and what talking, it but it'll be interesting to see what you think at the end of this, if we would have started with it. So cool. yeah, yeah, Chris. Yeah. Okay. All right, Nico, three simple questions. Don't think too hard about them. They're kind of canned. The first question is, what do you wish you could have told your 10 year old self? Stop being a bitch. <laughs> no, but seriously, I was a victim back then when I was 10 years old. I was, I, I was bullied a lot when I was younger. Mm -hmm. uh, I speak about mm -hmm. it a bit in the book, but I only talk about my you high do. school experience. But I was, even, yeah. even as a kid, I was really, I was really, really bullied and I never had the balls to actually do something about it. And we're all, we're all kidding aside. I don't know that I would say that to a 10 year old because he wouldn't understand, but sure. probably that yeah. the only thing I would say to a 10 year old is it's your life is going to be rough. There, there's no doubt about mm -hmm. it. The next 20 years is going to be tough. It's going to be very, very mm. tough, but I can guarantee you something. The man you will become is going to be special. Right. So right. just go through it. There's, there's th those type of experience where we experience pain. To me, pain is the greatest teacher. Suffering is the greatest teacher. So however, I could explain that to a 10 year old to just say, bro, there's going to be some, some tough times, but you need to go through that tough time to become the man you're supposed to be. I almost feel like there's sort of a sub lesson in there. It's like, Hey, you're stronger than you think you are because it's 100 percent, right? Mm -hmm. I, I could not agree with you more. This is, mm -hmm. if there's one thing that I've learned through my life is that it, I am tough as nails. I did not know that because nobody taught me that mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. life taught me that. Uh, second question here. And, and you're not allowed to say, you're not allowed to answer. Just listen. Um, the question <laughs> is, do you, oh, he's not gonna, he's not gonna, that's not, that is not no, right, right. the answer. That is not his answer to this question. Sean, leave Nico alone for just one second. So I can ask Guaranteed. Here we go, Nico. Um, do you have a mantra in life or, or even a mantra these days? Mantra is in something I live my life by. Yeah, uh, uh, a quick saying to recenter yourself and remember what it's all about. Yeah, uh, you know what? I wouldn't say as much as just listen makes sense to me, but just listen to yourself because mm. just listening is not enough. There's too many external sources that talk a lot of shit. And I can tell you, I, I post three, four times a day and a lot of the things I speak about are not are somewhat controversial. 
controversial for some reason. I get ripped every day, every fucking day. There's some people out there that call me, that call me names, that tells me stuff. And I even told my girlfriend this week, she should stop looking at it. Like, don't look at my, my social media because to me, I can deal with it. But I don't like her mother. My mother-in-law looks at my stuff and she admit my girlfriend admitted to me this week that she's saddened by a lot of the things that people mm. say to me. So just listen is not enough. Just listen to your instinct. Just listen to yourself. External sources are normally full of shit. You know who else could really stand to hear that message is 10 year olds and teenagers, right? Yeah. This is who I want to help. I want to help young men that grew up without a father figure like I did. It's just they're hard to reach. I haven't figured out the best way to reach them yet, but these are my goals. I want to help them from that age. Uh, I love that. I love that purpose, mission, idea, uh, all the above. Um, And that may lead us into this third and final question. What do you hope that people will say about you at your wake? Fuck that guy. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Adios. Uh, Yeah, yeah. That's happening every day. Final fucking week. No. um, (laughs) You know... I, I'll answer that question by what I sought my, so what I, my biological dad left when I was 14 years old. I saw him a handful of time before he died, but my mother remarried. Like when I was older, like she met a guy when I was still, I was probably 15 or 16 years old when she met him, but I was too far gone by then. I wasn't listening. Like you could have introduced me to the best people in the world. I wasn't there anymore. I felt abandoned. Mm-hmm. So I was gone, but that guy turned out to be one of the best men I've ever met. And he was a very, very humble person. Like he was a public servant. Like he, he, he was a colonel in the army, mm-hmm. but at a home, he would never show this. When I went back to my parents in my twenties to go back to school, he never showed that aspect, but he died of cancer about eight years ago, seven years ago. And at his wake, there's probably 300 people that showed up. Some mm. of them were the highest place the, the highest like they were generals of the army because my dad was a was a colonel so he was about he had two steps above him and the, the, the next guy was sitting next to the prime minister right mm-hmm. so and the way they talked about him we saw an aspect of him that we did not see we thought that he helped us because he never he never had kids but he treated my sister and i like his children when i was old enough to mm. understand that he called me his son and if i refer to my dad i will speak of him I will always mm-hmm. say my biological dad as the sperm donor that made me, but um, that my father, like my full arm, my full, I have a half sleeve of him on my farm because mm-hmm. he is mm-hmm. the man that made me. But when you, you look at the way the people showed up and one after the other, people just were talking about him, how he always gave people chances. And this is how I hope that people will remember me, Mm. because if there's one Mm. thing I do all the time and I've gotten burned so many, so many times by trying to help people, I get taken advantage of all the time. I get spit in the face all the time, although I will pour my heart and soul in trying to help people. This is what I hope comes through, that I really want to help. I really do it from a place of love, even though my message is very harsh. I do Mm. it with love. I do it in a mm-hmm. way that will wake the fuck you, you that will wake you the fuck up to realize that it's your responsibility, but it comes from a place of loving. And I hope that if that transpires, if that's the message that's vehicled when I die, I will have lived a good life. Mm. That's great. I love that. Thanks, Nico. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Beautiful. Uh, any, any other last comments for our, for our listeners, Nico? Uh, for the people that can't tell, we're all bald. This should have been there's a lot of there's a lot of okay. glare, right. a lot of glare yeah, right. off the heads. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last message, just you know, whatever whatever age the guys that are the men that are listening to your podcast are, just know that there are good pe- there are good men out there. Because mm-hmm. we tend to forget, I think that a lot of men are, especially with what goes on in politics and the way the world is going right now, that we tend to believe that we're almost alone. Just know that there are good men out there. And if you are one of those good men, it's your fucking responsibility to help others become good men. Don't forget yeah. the, how powerful an individual is. 
And this is one thing we forget. You might not be meant for greatness, but you can be great at helping others. Mm. That's, well, that's just about the couldn't perfect agree, note to more. end on. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. Well, uh, it's a pleasure to get to know you uh, and hopefully yeah. we can stay in touch. Anytime. Like, I, I really enjoyed your questions. I enjoy that you don't necessarily agree with what I'm saying, but you're ready to question and listen to it. That I, that I appreciate because it is a lost art. Yeah, we're and we're all pulling in the same direction, right? I think we're all yeah uh, you know, in the direction the of baldness. Yes, we're definitely all <laughs> well, well, that's long gone. Right. <laughs> I will be. I will be editing out the baldness talk. By the way, that's not, <laughs> no, not no, here. no, no. <laughs> Nico, pleasure. Thanks. Thanks Thank so you. much. Thanks for your time, guys. Peace and love. We'll take care. Yeah, bye. Bye bye. This is Chris. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of If You've Come This Far. And this is Sean. Remember to check us out at menliving.org.